welcome to the Creative and Confident Kids podcast, a podcast by Stories Kimo. I am Veronique, your host, and I'm joined today by Mirad, who's our lovely intern at Stories Kimo, who also happens to be a former child actor. You might be familiar with London West End and have certainly heard of two very popular musicals involving lots of children performers, Billy Elliot. Um, and the School of Rock. Well, today we are incredibly excited to be speaking to Alan Bradshaw, a stage theater acting coach who has coached children for over 20 years and has been the children's dance captain on Billy Elliot and children's director on School of Rock. In this episode, we have a conversation about creating a safe space for children to confidently let them express themselves, make mistakes and be themselves. We also talk about the parallel between acting and podcasting as a way to practice children's conversational and public speaking skills. Hi, Alan, and welcome. We'd love a quick intro. Hello, everybody. So my name is Alan Bradshaw. I work as the theatre coach now. I trained as an actor over 20 years ago and quite quickly started working with young people at that point. So I've been a teacher, a coach, um, a performer and a director as well. Thank you. Could you tell us how you, how you started this journey? Why are you, uh, you know, oh. first of all, why, why are you in this industry? Oh, of course. Well, I was seven when I went to watch um, a show in Jersey on a family holiday, actually. And I remember turning to my parents and saying, I want to be on stage when I grow up. And I was seven. I was seven. And I knew there was something special about performance and storytelling and characters and theatre um, at that point. And so my parents luckily allowed me to go to a local dance school, which is where I started my performing training, which turned into a love at school. I did brilliant school productions um, and I had really supportive people around me who encouraged this, nurtured it, invested in it. And so I grew up uh, loving performance, got my GCSEs and A-levels and went and trained 18 as a, a professional actor at Guildford School of Acting. Before I finished my training though, even, I was invited to go and choreograph a short course on for the Sylvia Young Theatre School, which is a um, for in London, quite a well-known theatre school, before I'd even finished training and that was it. From that moment, working with young people, working with their energy, their imaginations, caught, hooked me. So I then spent a fair few years um, teaching in the day and performing at night, which was incredible um, because I got, it was full circle. I got to keep bringing real experiences from stage into the studio for these young people. And hopefully it would kind of feed through into their education and their futures as it, uh, as it has done. Then I um, worked on West End productions with young people as well. I was children's dance captain on Billy Elliot. And I started realizing that these young people needed much more support than just being on stage because they came into this world where that was magical and creative and there, were, there was permission to be yourself. But then when they left the show, they went back to a world or a, their village or their town, wherever they grew up and, and that didn't exist. 
So I wanted to spread that, what they had backstage in a show. I wanted to spread that everywhere as much as possible. Um, I, but I wanted to make sure I was doing it and supporting them properly. So I actually certified to be a professional coach, a professional life coach, just to upskill myself because I taught a lot, but but outside of the studio, I wanted to make sure I was giving the right messages and allow, giving them the right cells in a supportive environment and do more than just get the performance technique right. So I then fused my teaching experience, my performance experience and my life coach certification to become the theatre coach. And that's why I'm here now with a really strong drive because the students I first started teaching over 20 years ago, obviously I've seen them blossom and grow and I've seen how their confidence, their storytelling, their imaginations, their empathy, tolerance, listening skills, communication skills have got them on in many walks of life. And there is no reason we should wait until we're adults to try and learn these things. <laughs> it's really important that the second I realised that children's belief systems start, you know, even before adolescence, the way they behave for the rest of their lives is hugely built on a few formative years. I suddenly was like, I can't stop. I've got to, I've got to reach as many young people as possible. And that's why I'm here right now. Mirad here is, a, you know, used to be a, a child actor. Um, she's 16 and she's doing her internship at Story Schemo right now. But Mirad, let's, you, let's introduce you and maybe would love to hear also your story. Yeah, well, Bronick said, I'm Mirad, I'm 16. Um, I probably did child acting for about seven, eight years. I started when I was six and then I, I sort of stopped recently around, around when I was 13, 14. But honestly, I like totally agree. And the point you said about like, not you don't have to wait until you're adult to develop these skills. Or I feel like, especially in this sort of education system, I mean, I grew up here um, in the British education system. I mean, you could tell from my accent that, I mean, my mom's American, but I grew up in London. And they just don't, at least for me, I never had the experience in school being taught sort of communication or confidence on that sort of level. Like it wasn't taught in classes or to sort of, express your own opinions and ideas and on like I think acting was a total outlet for me I I mainly did film and tv or voice work for um cartoons or whatever and honestly I think like I think it's just a skill a lot more kids need to develop and I know from growing up I mean I'm still only 16 but I can look around at my friends who are definitely starting to learn those skills a lot more now but you just think like a lot of people who maybe are shy and it carries with them until they're in their teen years sometimes to adulthood and I just think there would be so many benefits to teaching these skills a lot earlier and really making it an important thing for kids so I totally agree I think it's a really common thing that we don't sort of we just sort of expect people to learn these things in adulthood and not really as kids and showing how it's important for them to express themselves. And so I think the theater is such an important thing and acting for kids or just any other outlet you can find for public speaking is super important. So, and you sound so passionate about what you do. Well, I am, I do feel like it, I'm privileged being able to work with young people. I do feel like it's a privilege, so. 
French, uh, but my parents um, uh, didn't speak French when I was uh, when I grew up. So uh, I, I learned French at school, and uh, I grew up in a family where um, you know the Chinese culture is very much um, you know leaning towards the children obey. Uh, you know, children are not necessarily uh, going to uh, express their thoughts very much. So in my home, it was very much the opposite, uh, uh, you know, not much communication really. So I learned those skills very late uh, as an adult. I remember being extremely shy, um, feeling very embarrassed uh, in public, uh, not being able to even articulate very clearly what I was thinking, um, forming an opinion. These were all skills that I learned much later. So Mirad, I'm very jealous because you, uh, uh, you know, your parents did definitely the right thing to put you in like acting classes, like push you on stage. Um, and it's scary, but you're learning so much by doing it. So, um, you know, I think that's also the reason why um, Stories Chemo ideas stick so well with me because it was sort of uh, creating a product that I would have loved to have when I was a child. The more you look around you, the more you get to know other people, not just your own age, but the more you get to understand them. So when you realise that so many people share the same fears as you, the same thoughts as you, the same worries as you, you don't feel so alone. You don't feel like the world is against you. You've, it's, it's uniting. It's really uniting. And I think coming one huge thing about theatre is that you all come together to make something tell a story that's not about the individuals it doesn't matter the size of your part if you're the lead ensemble it doesn't matter if you it, every single role that makes a production from the design team to the writers um plays a part in telling that story and the actors are kind of the mouthpiece of that but everybody's working towards one goal and telling one story and i think when you see that you're part of something bigger that's a really brilliant experience to learn at any age when you see that other people think and feel the same as you, it's just that they express it differently. When you understand that, that's when also you can have a bit more quiet confidence. You're not alone. You're not alone in your thoughts. And there's nothing wrong with you. You're not that different. But having said that, we all have our own unique little ways of filtering and editing everything, which drama allows you to explore through your own interpretations and choices. And um, because you've got this understanding of those differences, it gives you empathy for other people, tolerance of other people. Another great example is you get to study so many different characters um, when you're uh, doing drama or acting. And the role of an actor isn't to judge their character. I give this example to a lot of the young people I work with that, you know, say you had a part where you had to play a thief. Morally, we know we shouldn't steal, but what an actor has to do is think, why is that person behaving like that? What's motivating them? Why does that character think they have no other choice but to do what they did at that time? And so that allows you to empathize with people and be curious about people and less judgmental and if we lived in a less judgmental world that would be a brilliant place and I think I've definitely seen young actors grow up and ask why ask why rather than gossip point a finger or judge and 
because we all have our faults, don't we? Nobody's perfect. And if we can understand that as well, the world will be a greater place. I'm sorry, you will have to stop me if you want any clarity on these things, because I can get on a roll. I know, it's <laughs> no, it's a fantastic to hear uh, those, uh, you know, those reflections. I remember, um, it makes me think, when we did our testing with uh, Story Schemo, and uh, children uh, who were, um, as their children approached, approached us usually because they were um, a bit shy. Uh, they wanted their kids to be a bit more open um, and, and being able to express their thoughts better. So they started recording on Story Schemo. And I remember this little girl who, whose mom said that, okay, she's doing, act, she's doing um, acting classes um, but she's also um, a little a little shy in her. She wanted her daughter to 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 feel more confident, and uh, she ended up uh, recording herself in her room, creating stories. So not 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 lines that she learned, but creating stories of her own. So engaging her imagination. She was apparently walking in her room on her own. Didn't want her mom to get in. Started recording herself, um, and did that a few times in the week and the mom did say that very quickly she saw a change um it was and I was reflecting was it because she felt in a safe space uh, on her own um being able to express her own thoughts without being judged um and uh and feeling that actually it's okay I'm not doing I'm doing well and then being more open after that that safe space, Veronique, is crucial. And that's what that's the first thing any director, dance teacher, acting coach should create for their students, a safe space. And that takes time. You can't, uh, you've got to build that trust through um, listening. I think you've heard, really heard, this is another skill of an actor. You must listen, listen to understand, not listen to just respond. The worst thing an actor can do is hold a line in their head and just wait to say it. You listen to what's been said to you or respond to the circumstances, whatever that may be. And then, and then once you've understood, you can respond. And that builds trust and that makes it safer, making everybody equal, making everybody safe. And so the parallel there with the, the girl alone in her bedroom in that safe space is brilliant because we, it, you actually said it. I'm only repeating what you said. It's that it's removing that fear of being judged and that's that's what good acting coaches directors they foster that environment or good theater schools or you know wherever you're learning these things that's one of the first things you do establish a safe space um and I also think it's great because when you're in that safe space with a girl in the bedroom by herself with no distractions that's, that's when your brain can come alive. My brain's often at my most creative when I'm out running by myself. My, I've not got my phone with me. I'm not checking emails. I'm out in nature with no distractions. And your brain can do wonderful things when, there's, when we're not processing other stimulation. If we just listen to it, this is, the, this is the power of any quiet time or meditation or mindfulness, isn't it? That We've got to give our brains the room and the space to, to exercise our creativity and our imaginations. And 
give ourselves permission or be given permission to imagine. That's what uh, acting can do as well. Because then it's your voice and your story can come out without it being little bits of other people's. It's, it's authentically yours and that is priceless. There, there's a child that I've podcasters that we have interviewed in the past. And uh, one thing that uh, has come out a lot from uh, the interviews with them is that they were often uh, starting their podcasts during the lockdown uh, with their parents. Um, the main objective being that they wanted their kids to be creative and you know, feel more confident expressing themselves uh, and creating that connection with an audience. So uh, uh, I remember uh, one of the uh, podcasters who was like 13 um, said uh, that they started this project as, as an entrepreneurial project with their dad, with the dad. And uh, they ended up seeing, you know, looking at, okay, there has been challenges in the beginning. They had to interview adults, uh, how they were going about interviewing adults, so what questions they would ask, you know, how they would really switch their listening ears on to being able to be relevant in the conversation and ask the right questions after that. And uh, uh, the more they did and the better they went and the, 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 the better they, they became. Uh, and that learning curve was actually really, really um, uh, you know, big. So uh, they ended up progressing super fast with this experience. Um, Alan, do you, you know, in your in your experience as a as a teacher, uh, a coach, uh, and working with kids, uh, how do you how do you um, develop this kind of skill set with children? So not only the confidence in expressing themselves, but actually reacting to um, to 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 another um, you you know the participant in the conversation. How do you how does that help them becoming better listeners as well? Um, great. Well, the acting, it directly links to that. And I specifically always work with duologues on uh, with young people as well, because obviously you can for auditions, you know, or for a lot of training, we can use monologues, just a single text, one person's thoughts, one person's side of the story. But one thing I will use is therefore a duologue. So we you have to do the same prep work. You have to get inside that character's shoes. You have to understand the language and the text and the vocabulary and the circumstances. But then you have to listen. It's not just about you. And making it, making yourself part of that duologue is great. You have to listen to respond truthfully and understand. And then another trick I use, which it's not a trick, it's brilliant, it really works, is I make them do both sides of the duologue. So it's they see perspective and they understand that what that they have to fully engage in both sides of a conversation. And I think if then they can take that away and do that, which their parents have fed back to me, they do after the duologue module, that's, that's perspective right there, that they've had to think as much as somebody else as themselves. That's a huge key I've found in boosting that skill. I, I do thank you, Alan, and I, and that makes me think think as um, mirrored when you interviewed with them <clears throat> with us. You did mention that you really like debate. Um, can you can you can you share some insights on on that? I think that I mean I 
the reason is obviously because I just needed or wanted a way, another way for me to just get what I had to say out. Um, but I think it's a really, I think the reason I love it so much is because it's a place where I have learned to ha say what I have to say, but I'm also sort of restricted um, in the sense that I have to listen to others and I can't just run my tongue and go on and on because growing up, I definitely, I was always a more um, confident kid. I didn't really struggle with shyness or anything like that, but that also came with me not really listening to others. Um, I was sort of in my own world as I feel like a lot of kids struggle with that. Um, and acting and debating both helped me just sort of get active, acting, active listening skills and just listening to others more. And so I think debating is just a great way to sort of exercise um, that ability to find value in what you're saying and create really well thought out opinions um, in an environment with preparation, but sometimes you have to, you know, have a spontaneous argument back but also it's so important to A, listen to what the other person is saying and then try and respond with your own rebuttal um, based off what their point is. So, and you also have to find value in what other people are saying, not just listening. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's another, it's just another great way to exercise your public speaking and build confidence as well as acting. Right, it's, it's one concept I teach really early on is subjectivity that it's it's opinion it's essentially opinion at every level of our industry so um so ian mckellen a really well-known actor he's take he's taken the role of hamlet again in now he's 80 and he did first did it i think about 27 years ago or something or when he was 27 it might have been actually um and the first time he played hamlet he got really really bad reviews but this is a, a name that everybody knows. And I think once you also understand that when you open your mouth to express your opinion in the right way at the right time and place, knowing that if somebody comes back to you and doesn't agree, that's okay. That's a brilliant place to be. And it's conversation. And that's what, why I think the podcasts are so fantastic because they start a conversation and that's why debating is brilliant, because you are expecting people to come back to you and not just necessarily agree with you. And it keeps you more open, it keeps you more open minded. And sometimes starting a conversation is the hardest thing to do, but it's a great skill and a great way to learn. And to know that if you if no one else agrees with you, that that's OK, is a really powerful thing to hold. And. And that all feeds into this confidence that I that I wish I could deliver to every young person on the planet and adults as well, you know, because it's not like we've all got everything sorted. Um, and I just want to say it's a quiet confidence I love in people, you know, just that confidence to listen, confidence to breathe, confidence to give other people their moment, confidence to express yourself appropriately. And confidence to get things wrong because no actor ever picks up a script and is performance stage or film, you know, camera ready the first time they read it. We've got to understand process and development and there is no process on earth that doesn't go wrong and, and teaches things. I always say to my students, you know, Apple didn't just wake up one day and invent an iPhone, the team, you know. 
and 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 trials of um, AstraZeneca or Pfizer vaccines. You know, there would have been trials. There would have been things that went wrong many, 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 many more times than things that went right. Um, I tell my students that you know, there's one Mona Lisa, but there would have been thousands of sketches and drawings that. Um, Leonardo da Vinci wasn't happy with first, but he's he's well known for more than just the Mona Lisa, I know, but for every da Vinci painting you could name, there's probably a hundred that he didn't like or use. And for young people to know that every time they do something, it doesn't have to be right or perfect is a valuable lesson to take in every area of our lives. I feel like that's still something I'm learning as well. That's such a hard thing to sort of overcome that when something goes wrong, it's okay. <laughs> and you can take a pause and reflect on it. I mean, just linking it to the growing up with acting, like self tapes was a big thing for me that I had to really just accept the fact that not every single one is gonna be perfect. And I mean, it's really hard with self tapes because I don't know, for people who are listening who, I mean, aren't familiar with it. And um, a lot of the times for auditions, especially they're becoming much more common um, casting agencies will sort of ask you to send out self-tapes as an audition. So a lot of times you won't actually come in and see them first. You'll send a self-tape of you reading the script or monologue. And it's so difficult because you can take as many as you want, which on one hand is a good thing, but also <laughs> you can be a major perfectionist and the moment something maybe you think isn't perfect, you can just throw away the whole thing and it, it could go on for hours. And I definitely struggle with things like that. I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to more artistic things. Um, and I think, I, I think for our kids as well, it just like when something goes wrong or when it's not perfect in a conversation, it can totally shatter your confidence. And that's why so many people become more shy. Even that can develop into social anxiety and stuff. And for social anxiety, it's really hard because if one thing goes wrong, it's like it spirals the whole time you're having that social interaction. So I think that skill of learning that it's okay to get some things wrong. I mean, like you said, Alan, like not everything will be perfect and just realize that, hey, most people wouldn't notice. You're probably the only person who's obsessing on it. And also that every everybody has that happen to themselves. So, yeah. This is, this, this, I relate so much with that, uh, Mered. You remember in uh, high school, I don't know how it is in your, in your high school, uh, but I used to be in a high school where, uh, you shame uh, those who are in trouble, and uh, and and that is what that was very scary um, for uh, for people who were not used to or who were not able to to shine the way other kids would shine. Um, and uh, and I and I remember seeing kids who who completely shut down after the first few weeks after school start because something happened and they felt so ashamed that it just ruined the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah. And, and what I really like with podcasting also is, you know, what you said, Alan, about it's okay to, to make mistakes. It's okay uh, to learn. And we learn by making mistakes and having that, um, you know, having those recorded in a podcast and actually making mistakes very usual and common in a podcast because it's a conversation and you can't edit everything out. Then actually it's a great way to, vehicle the idea that um, in a conversation there are uh, 
sometimes um, uh, times where you, you need time to think, uh, you might uh, you know, stumble off somewhere on some words, you might not express your idea very clearly at some point, but that's okay, that's how you learn. And that's, yeah, and that's part of, you know, we do pull together our thoughts in various ways and we think about things and everyone should have time to think, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Another oh. great thing, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> Another great thing I love about uh, podcasting, which um, is in some ways better than training to be an actor, actually, is that we, it gives you that, um, trust that you will find the right people for you because you can put your conversation out there safely from your um, bedroom you know your opinions respectfully from your family home such a safe space and if people don't want to listen they won't listen but the people who resonate with you will listen to you and that's really powerful to know that it's okay not everybody is going to want to come to me for acting coaching not everybody's going to want to watch the same things on stage or listen to the same music but having faith that the right people will find you is another thing that's hard to learn but the podcasting process allows that you will find your listeners who resonate with you and that's another strong element what would you tell parents uh today who are you know, trying to find ways to help their children. Ah, okay, okay, absolutely. That they, you know, horses for courses. Some people may absolutely love painting, music, films, building, Lego, whatever that is. But, um, but try things, try things, try things, and try things a few times and support your child with, and listen to your child, I think, um, I'm a parent myself, so I do get this. And there are times I watch our son, he's 12, and I still say, oh, no, do it like this, do it like that. And at times I have to check myself and go, actually, no, he might know a better way of doing it that I don't. He might have his own way of doing it or what works for me might not work for him. And I know that's a general, broad parental <laughs> comment. And, and, you know, but I do find myself doing that. So let them try things out. Let them express. Let them... Uh, do it their way really and be be supportive and ask them what they need ask them what they need and and Alan what, what would you how can they find you oh great well so the ways I can help out through acting improvisation communication spontaneity physical presence vocabulary focus concentration and listening skills uh, all as part of my acting coaching and uh, you can find me on Instagram at thetheatercoach.com so that's instagram at thetheatercoach.com or my facebook community is free you're all welcome and that's professional performing arts and well-being for young people thank you so much alan